KPBS On Demand is supported by Under the Sun Foundation, presenting the Candlewood Arts Festival in Borrego Springs, featuring temporary public art projects that engage community and place. March 23rd. More at candlewoodartsfestival.org. Good morning. I'm Annika Colbert. It's Tuesday, January 11th. Record numbers of COVID-19 cases in children. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. California lawmakers will be debating whether to create the nation's first universal health care system today. A bill that would create the system and set its rules will have a hearing before the Assembly Health Committee. A separate bill that would lay out how to pay for everything will be heard at a later date. That's according to the Associated Press. Four weeks of a Republic Service's trash hauler strike in Chula Vista and Mira Mesa has caused a lot of trash to pile up across neighborhoods. Chula Vista Mayor Mary Salas says she wants this public health and safety threat to be resolved. She says at Tuesday's city council meeting, all options will be considered. Donnie Castillo is a driver with Republic Services. He says they're hoping the mayor's pressure will result in a contract they think is fair. You know, we saw it as a, as a hopeful sign, as a sign that we are being backed by the city and we hope that that stands. Meanwhile, residents are driving to the landfill to dump their own garbage. San Diego police are investigating a fatal shooting on Monday morning by three officers in the Stockton area. Police say officers were checking into a report of a robbery at Mullins Market and Liquor on Imperial Avenue near 30th Street when a suspect pulled a gun on them in an alley. The officers opened fire, killing the suspect at about 7.30 a.m. The suspect, whose name was not immediately available, died at the scene. No other injuries were reported. From KPBS, you are listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. Brady Children's Hospital is seeing a record number of children testing positive for COVID-19. But most of these children didn't go to the hospital for COVID in the first place. KPBS reporter Kitty Alvarado has more. This Omicron variant is spreading like wildfire in the community. And the number of children testing positive for COVID is the highest it's ever been. Dr. John Bradley, the director of infectious diseases at Rady Children's Hospital, says, like the rest of the country, their hospital is seeing a surge. Omicron compared to Delta, we are probably twice, twice the number of hospitalizations that we had compared with last winter. Um, but again, the kids aren't 
aren't as sick. The numbers of positive tests is through the roof. That's, you know, five times more positive cases are being reported now than, than last year. 20 children are in isolation with COVID, but the hospital says these children did not come to them for COVID at first. They came in for other reasons like cancer treatment or other illnesses. Routine tests caught the COVID infections and the children testing positive have either mild or no symptoms. Megan Clark DiMacchibo and Little Dash are visiting Rady Children's. She's the mother of five. She and her husband are both ICU nurses in San Diego. They've seen the numbers of people hospitalized with COVID skyrocket where they work. I am concerned. Her children have not had COVID, but she says her four children are vaccinated and they're taking extra precautions with masking and avoiding crowded places. To protect little dude here, he's here for an appointment because he's got some underlying issues and he's not old enough to be vaccinated. Dr. Bradley says she's doing all the right things and all parents should follow suit, take precautions and vaccinate their children against COVID because even a mild infection can trigger a more serious illness in children. Multisystem inflammatory syndrome of children where after you get COVID, even mild COVID, Four to six weeks later, your body has this intense auto-reactive, autoimmune uh, uh, response to the virus. For now, he's not as worried about Omicron as the Greek letter to come. It would be foolish to think that we're done with Omicron. And I just pray that the next variant is not more virulent and causes more sickness and death. And that was reporting from KPBS's Kitty Alvarado. Demand for COVID-19 testing is skyrocketing, yet across San Diego County, most testing turnaround times have been efficient. County officials say on average, labs are completing tests in just under two days, but not everyone is getting their results back quickly. KPBS health reporter Matt Hoffman spoke with people who have recently encountered issues at transit testing sites. My wife, uh, my mom, and myself, and we're all three waiting um, none of us have heard anything. Bay Ho resident Adam Epstein is one of hundreds who turned to transit station COVID-19 testing sites over the holidays. But now, more than 10 days later, he and his family still have not gotten any of their results. We spoke to him when he was first getting tested on New Year's Eve. We were just driving down the street here and saw it and flipped a quick U-turn and, and yeah. came in and we're done. We were very excited and we actually spoke with you that day. We were excited that we were able to make it work and it Ends up, we almost wish we just wouldn't have seen that because then we would have gone somewhere else and probably would have had our results by now. The Epsteins are not the only ones who are waiting more than 10 days for results. The Metropolitan Transit System has been getting complaints about their testing partner, TestSD.io, which is operated by Broadwell Health. It's been a very terrible and frustrating experience. COVID's bad enough, but then having to fight to get your results makes it even more frustrating. Mission Hills resident Veronica Platt Longstreth and her husband were tested twice at transit COVID sites. They got the results for one, but still haven't heard anything for tests taken on December 30th. 12 days. Basically, it's worthless. It's a public health hazard because people don't know whether they're positive or negative. And with my new health conditions, it, it's not something that can be casually passed, passed aside. These are these have meaning to people like myself. 
these test results. Veronica was excited to find free testing sites that did not have long lines and were promising results in just one or two days. So she went on social media and let her neighbors know all about it, something that she now regrets. We feel bad. We've sent all these people to the testing site and no one's gotten their test results. And I am on day 13 today. Mission Hills resident Becky Webster was one of the neighbors that saw the social media posts. She said she was tested at the Old Town Transit Center on December 28th, but still doesn't have any results. Not a thing. Not, not, hey, we, you know, we're running late or nothing. Of course, my results are useless at this point. But my feeling now is I just want to save other people through going through this misery. Broadwell Health, which oversees the transit testing operations, issued a statement saying due to a sudden increase for demand in testing over the holidays, they failed to meet their anticipated one to three day turnaround time. The company is apologizing, saying they are now increasing staffing capacity and adding more labs to increase speed. They should have had a system in place so they could handle the quantity of testing. The Metropolitan Transit System has been allowing the testing to be done at about half a dozen of its transit sites over the last few months. They said in a statement that Broadwell Health has been responsive to MTS by developing a plan to reduce the wait times, and they say they will stay in contact with the company and follow up. Still, some are left waiting, wondering if they will ever get back their results. I do feel bad because, you know, it's a free service, and they're trying to help, and I understand that. And, uh... I just wish it would have been communicated to us what we were to expect because it really has kind of, there's no purpose in us even getting the results at this point. We haven't felt any symptoms. We were exposed, um, but now it's been long enough where per the CDC, we're kind of okay to go back to normal life. So. And that was reporting from KPBS health reporter Matt Hoffman. Meanwhile, the National Guard is arriving in San Diego to help with COVID-19 testing. KPBS military reporter Steve Walsh says it's part of a request from Governor Gavin Newsom to shorten lines throughout the state. Lines had been backing up at test sites around San Diego County. Master Sergeant Jose Mercado, spokesman for the California National Guard. Either they're getting their tests for school or getting their tests for work or just getting their tests for sanity's sake. It's such a vulnerable time for us. We don't know if we got just a little cold or, or, or we're really transmitting something to our families. The Guard is estimating that they will be here at least a month, maybe longer. Beginning late last week, Governor Gavin Newsom ordered roughly 200 California National Guard troops to 50 sites around the state. So far, 70 Guard troops have been called up in Southern California, including San Diego. More are on the way. And that was KPBS military reporter Steve Walsh. Sticking with the governor, Newsom laid out his plans to spend another record-smashing state budget on Monday. Cap Radio's Nicole Nixon has more. The state's fiscal fortunes are still flying high. The latest figures from the Department of Finance project a $45 billion surplus, though administration officials warned there's always uncertainty from pandemic surges. Newsom's spending plan includes a number of liberal wish list items, like full Medi-Cal expansion to all undocumented residents by 2024, and $6 billion for zero-emission vehicles. You can't get serious about climate change unless you're serious about tailpipe emissions and all the related emissions from extraction to power our transportation sector. Newsom also wants to pause an annual gas tax hike this year. If the surplus holds, he says he may be inclined to send out another round of targeted stimulus payments later this year. 
And that was Cap Radio's Nicole Nixon. The governor's plan also includes $2.7 billion in emergency funding for increased COVID-19 vaccinations and more statewide testing for the public and school staff and students. Troy Flint is with the California School Boards Association, representing more than 1,000 governing school administrations. He fears the governor's budget could just be a quick fix. So much of this money the relief funds or other special programs are one-time funds. What's going to happen when those funds go away? The governor's final budget proposal for the legislature's consideration will come in May. Coming up, robot trucks, as in robot semi-trucks with no driver in the cab. We'll have more on that next, just after the break. Hello, podcast listener. Full disclosure, I'm going to make some assumptions about you. This probably isn't the only podcast you enjoy. Blink if I'm right. (laughs) It's probably not the only thing you watch or listen to on KPBS either. If I'm right about that, then I'm guessing you make it a point to check in on a regular basis to see what's new, take in the latest and greatest, and then you go back to your daily life until we happily come together again. We're sort of like a virtual buffet. When you're hungry for information and entertainment, you go to KPBS and want to eat, uh, consume all you can, right? Well, you should know that when you become a member of KPBS, you're keeping the entire TV, radio, and online trays full of fresh ideas, like the tasty podcast you're enjoying right now. Help feed your appetite for KPBS. Become a member today. Just go to kpbs.org, click the blue Give Now button, and make a donation. Thank you. This happened to me once in San Diego, so maybe it's happened to you. You're driving along and you look over and there's a car with a bunch of gear on top of it and it's kind of going slow and then you pull up next to it and look over and there's no one in the driver's seat. Now imagine pulling past a massive semi and you look at the giant wing mirrors and find that there's no one in the truck. Late last month, a San Diego company called Too Simple launched what it called the world's first semi-truck run on public roads with no driver in the cab. KPBS science and technology reporter Thomas Fudge tells us how robo-trucks could strengthen the American supply chain and maybe threaten the livelihood of truckers. Robotics professor Henrik Christensen stands next to what looks like a golf cart that's been delivering mail at UC San Diego without a driver to guide it. Computer programmed driverless vehicles like this one are becoming more common. And Christensen says the new technology, coupled with overloaded supply lines and a shortage of truck drivers, are putting driverless trucks in the sights of a lot of companies. We have this massive need for getting more out of the ports, getting it on the roads. That's where we're seeing these new, so we've seen multiple new companies come up that are actually working on this technology, not only Too Simple, Aurora, GM, 
uh, Tesla is promising this. But let's stick with that San Diego startup, Too Simple. Its driverless run last month from a rail yard in Tucson to a distribution center in Phoenix was a first for the company and, they say, a first for the industry. But working with partners like UPS, the company is already delivering goods with its autonomous trucks, provided a human safety driver is present. Pat Dillon is the chief financial officer of Too Simple. The vision of Too Simple is that from a major freight uh, location like a port, like a rail yard, uh, we can take our custom-built uh, trucks that will have no driver in it to take a journey that could be 100 miles or it could be 1,000 miles and go from one freight location to another freight location. The idea that robo-trucks would be the spear point of self-driving technology makes sense to UCSD Professor Christensen. He says driving on highways is the easiest application for self-driving vehicles. And given the choice between trusting a human or trusting a robot at the wheel of a truck, the professor's view is pretty clear. The drivers get tired from these long hauls, uh, and at the same time, you might not be aware of this, but when you have autonomous driving trucks, they actually save fuel. It's no surprise, really, but if you think about it, computers are actually better drivers than people. Trucks park side by side in many rows at this truck stop in Otay Mesa. Truckers stop here for fuel, a shower, and some rest. Some of these drivers are resigned to the future of automation in the trucking industry, but they don't share the view that computers are better drivers than they are. Um, I think it's the way the industry is going to go because of the lack of drivers that we do have in it, but I don't particularly care for it. Ron Caplet, who hails from Pennsylvania, says he's been driving a truck for 30 years. I just think it's going to be unsafe for a while. You know, they, you know, not being able to, you know, deal with the traffic conditions, the weather conditions, there's too many variables out here that maybe a computer won't be able to adjust to the same way. It just seems like it won't be able to adjust like we can adjust. They're going to ask you if you need a about 10 miles away, students working to become registered truck drivers listen to an instructor at the United Truck Driving School in Mission Valley. The school training coordinator is Phil Harris, who says he thinks automation is great. Will it replace all truckers? No way, he says. But it'll change the nature of the job, making it necessary for truck drivers to understand the technology. You're going to have someone in there as a technician, probably. So I can see us being called pilots, navigators, technicians, overseers, whatever. Maybe we won't be called a driver, but that's why we'll always be in that truck. Driverless technology still needs some attention. Again, here's Pat Dillon of Too Simple. Things like redundant braking and steering so that uh, you always have the ability to control the vehicle, even if there is some type of a, sense, uh, a system degradation. One student at the United Truck Driving School, Antoine Rackley, says if the job of being a truck driver changes, that's okay with him. Advancement, I'm trying to stay on top of, so it's, you know, you, you either keep up or you get left behind. So if that's the way the world changes, you got to change with it. And that was reporting from KPBS Science and Technology reporter Thomas Fudge. That's it for the podcast today. Be sure to catch KPBS Midday Edition at noon on KPBS Radio or check out the Midday Edition podcast. You can also watch KPBS Evening Edition at 5 o'clock on KPBS Television. And as always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Anna Kukulbert. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Thank you.